Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. out there, it's your boy MC Brooks, the breakbeat is back, now I will say this, uh, it's a bit weird because I'm hosting this on a Saturday evening, and you know, 9 out of 10 times this show would be held on Wednesday, unfortunately it's been a pretty piss poor week with me and electronics, I mean, I've had a pretty, yeah, that, that, there's that's pretty much the best way to say it. I've had a pretty crappy, crappy week as far as electronics are concerned. And that is part of the reason that the show is being held right now, Saturday. You know, most of you folks are probably out and about, busy living your lives, getting ready for the holidays and whatnot. Um, that's normally what I would be doing in this case. But I am here, and I have a responsibility to both myself as well as the network, and of course to you, the listener. So, bring you another edition of the Breakbeat here on Black Freethinkers Radio. Um, now, as many of you have probably noticed, I haven't been—I haven't been here for a while. Um, the last show I did was probably close to a month ago. Um, it's been a really trying time in my life right now, and there's been a, a lot going on in my real life you know, outside of the Internet and, and doing this and whatnot. And a lot of that is just kind of taking its toll on me, and I, 
I really haven't had the time or the resources to really, um, you know, to, to put into putting an adequate show together. So because of that, you know, I haven't I haven't really been able to put something together. But that being said, I am um, back now. Um, there's still a lot going on, and I, I'll cover that a little bit of that a little bit later on. Um, but first and foremost, let me uh, talk talk to you guys a little bit about the archives and past shows. So um, I haven't been here in forever and a day. However, I really hope that you guys have been keeping up with all of the really great work that that has been um, going on as far with uh, some of my coworkers and, and whatnot and everyone else who's here on this network. You know, my, the home, my GU homie Vita just had a pretty dope show on Thursday on Black Hollywood. Do we hold it to a higher standard uh, in comparison to mainstream, you know, uh, mainstream Hollywood and, and non-black films and TV shows? Um, I, I listened to a little bit of it. Um, I'm going to definitely get to the rest of it soon. But um, definitely go check that out. Then uh, last week, Kim had a show, Black Churches Equal Black Problems, Part 1. Again, make sure you go back and check that out. It's a pretty phenomenal show. I also want to draw attention to um, a dope little project that's that's been in the, going on in the works between uh, uh, black free thinkers. Black Nonbelievers of Chicago and Black Skeptics of L.A., as well as there's one more organization. I can't remember um, the name offhand. I think it's uh, Black Nonbelievers of Dallas. Um, in any case, um, uh, there's a project that we've been working on called People of Color Beyond Faith. You may have seen us spamming links on Facebook or tweeting out or using the hashtag POC Beyond Faith. Um, it, this is an, an initiative by all three, um, about all three uh, groups that I mentioned previously, to create a dialogue between believers and non-believers on things such as social issues. So, um, we had a really, really great talk last month with uh, Sakivu Hutchinson leading a discussion about uh, post-racialism in the secular community. Um, if you can get, if you can get past the the really really annoying echo, then you can definitely tune in and listen to a great discussion with Sakivu, um, Raina, Kim, and Donald Wright, I believe, or maybe I'm getting that name mixed up. I have to go back and 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 look at that. In any case, um, I'm going to use that to springboard to our next event, which takes place on December fifteenth. Which is going to, to uh, well, oops, which is going to talk about, um, boy, I was not prepared. This is what happens when you lose your notes, or rather, when your computer like erases all your notes, and you don't get a chance to really put everything back together before you have to go on the air. Try to find yourself spitballing. Um, December fifteenth. Um, exposing your non-belief and why why the decision can be paralyzing. That's going to be moderated by Donald Wright, 
That's going to take place on December 15th on YouTube at 11 Pacific Time, 2 p.m. EST, Eastern Standard. So definitely make sure you check that out. This time around, we should have all the audio issues corrected, so uh, we won't have any any issues, and hopefully people will be able to contribute to this uh, amazing discussion that's going to be had. Excuse me. Now, on... On um, no, no, that, that okay. That was it for the announcements. Um, now, as I've mentioned previously, I've had a really terrible week as far as technology is concerned. Um, I lost my MP3 player two days ago, and anyone who knows me knows that like that's like life right there. That's my music. You know, that's, I'm listening to music like 90% of the time. And I lost my my MP3 player, and I, I already know that, you know, no one is gonna be nice enough to to turn it in and and do the right thing, and so it's pretty much lost to the abyss. And you know what? That's okay. That's definitely that's definitely okay. Um, on top of that, my cell phone, my cell phone uh, battery has been acting up, and now my phone can barely hold the charge. So I find myself having to charge it a bit more often than I'm used to. And that's been, that's been pretty annoying because now I'm running to an outlet like every, you know, like in shorter lengths of time than I'm used to. Then on top of that, when I was getting ready for the show, and this is part of the reason that the show has had to be held on today instead of our normal Wednesday time slot, I've had to deal with my laptop crashing. And it crashed and I, I lost all my notes and all my links and everything that I put together for this show, and unfortunately, I had the same thing happen again today, or yesterday, or late last night while I was doing this, around 1 in the morning. So, unfortunately, a lot of what I had put together for today, I unfortunately do not have access to at the moment. It's unfortunate, because I had a really great show planned. However, oops. However, that's not going to stop the party. That's not going to stop the show. So I'm going to go go ahead and do what I can. Pretty knowledgeable. I feel like I know a decent amount about the subject that I can at least kind of express what I have to say. Now, with that being said, there's a good chance I'm probably not going to fill the entire two-hour time slot. So the show may be a bit... Um, shorter than what you guys would normally expect from me here. And that's okay. You know what I mean? You know, it's not it's not about it's not about the length of the show, it's about what gets expressed within that time. Quality over quantity, you know what I mean? Gotta make the most of the minutes that I do have here. So uh here's how here's here's how tonight is gonna go. Uh, from from here on forward. So I'm going to finish my little, you know, rant and whatnot. I'm going to give you guys a bit more, you know, updates about some future shows and some things that I have going on and some things that we have going on here at BFT. And then um, I'm going to have, I'm going to segue into a little bit of a rant I have about uh, Mr. Kanye West, which somewhat kind of relates to the topic, which is why I wanted, I want to, have this rant, have this rant tonight, and then from there we're going to delve directly into the main topic. Now, let me preface uh, the main t- anything I say about the main topic by saying that 
this is this show right here is not going to be the end all be all. There there's going to be another show on this very subject, and hopefully that time around won't have my notes deleted, which would be great. Um, <laughs> so you can consider this maybe maybe in uh, maybe an introduction, maybe just a part one. However, you know whatever terminology you want to use. So. Uh, there will be more on this subject at a later time. And when I put this second show together, I, I intend to have a panel on consisting of musicians and other great minds that I know um, in order for us to further delve into the subject. Like, you know, me being here, me being here and speaking on it is one thing, but the one thing we definitely want want to encourage you want to have multiple voices sitting at the table when we have these kinds of discussions. That's the important thing. Everyone has a voice and everyone has the right to be heard, no matter how uh, loud or silent uh, these voices may be. So that's uh, that's going on uh, for the future. Now, a little bit of promotion. So, again... I put a mixtape out about two months ago. Was it December? Yeah, two months ago, October 4th, Lines of Stripes, Rhymes of the Mics, Volume 3. Uh, make sure you go check that out. It's a really dope project. I've gotten really great feedback, and I really want to thank uh, you guys out there that have uh, donated money. That's fantastic. You know, I, I wasn't, I don't ask for money, was never intending to, but I do want to uh, thank everybody who has supported, who shared the project and is giving feedback on it. I'm knee-deep into my, my my new project right now, and there's I've got some really, really great stuff on some really, really great themes, and 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 it's 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 a little indescribable, to be honest. You know, I, I find myself even a bit wild because, you know, these songs are kind of coming out a bit better than I imagined when I was in the writing process. So... Again, the dead zone. I intended for it to be available by February slash March of next year. You know, it's about two or three months from now. So, you know, time is of the essence. So, I'll, I'll definitely keep you guys um, a bit more updated on that. And definitely, when when you see you know me posting about UStream and whatnot, you know, nine out of ten times I'm probably going to play some stuff. So, you know, feel free to hop on. Uh, in addition to that, uh, two really close friends of mine, also in the Grand Unified Collective, have also put out albums recently that you definitely need to check out. Attack on Titan by my man C. Gats and the, the producer Spoozilla. They are, together they are Gatzilla. Their album Attack on Titan came out last month. Really, really phenomenal project. And, of course, can't forget my man Tombstone, who put an album out. Uh, who put an album out on Halloween, and that's Entropic Man. Really fantastic project. Uh, you know, just when you think someone can't outdo the greatness of their previous work, my man Tombstone comes and brings the heat. So definitely check those two projects out. You can get them on Bandcamp. Uh, you can find them on Reverb Nation. They're also available on Amazon, Spotify, or you can just hit them up and get, you know, a physical copy, which is all, which is always good. My man Adequate has an album, Awkward Silence, that will be available on December 24th. That's Christmas Eve, in case you were unaware. 
So be sure to check that out. Uh, I'm not featured on it, but I did produce a couple songs. And you can find a, a few of the, the the usual suspects, such as Seagats uh, uh, and Tombstone and Uncle Bungus and a few others uh, on there. So what I've heard from it, it's a really, really, really great project. And really can't wait for you guys to be able to get your ears on it. So, yeah, make sure you check that out on, on Christmas Eve. Okay, so I got all of that out the way. Now, before now, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm trying to this time around. I kind of wanna um, I wanna do my show kind of a bit different, a bit different from how I've done it previously. Uh, previously, you know, normally I just kind of talk through and just kind of don't really have any actual transitions or segues between segments or anything. And I, I don't really want to do that this time around. So part of what I'm going to do uh, from now on is now I want to start uh, incorporating a bit more music, you know, into the show. And I definitely, what I want to do is I want to incorporate music that relates to whatever subject is the theme for the show. So tonight's theme obviously is going to deal with gentrification and black music. So I've selected um, two songs that I feel relate, one more so than the other. However, I'm not going to play that one until right before we get into that topic. So in the meantime, I am going to play a song right now. And after the jump, we're going to come, after the jump, I'm going to come back and uh, we're going to get into, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Kanye West and, and, you know, all that's kind of been going on with him because there's a there's a lot to unpack when you when you really delve into the character and whatnot that is him. So that being said, I'm going to jump down. Now this song I'm about to play is called "And This Is For." It's by West Coast MC Merce. Uh It's a really fantastic track. It's one of those songs that you know I didn't really get at first, but definitely keep an open ear. And definitely um, listen. It's a really fantastic track, and it really he really does a, a great job of really talking about you know what we will be discussing a bit later on. All right, MC Brooks, BFT Radio. Be back in a bit. This is for 
somehow living under a rock of some sort. Kanye West is a MC slash producer slash fashion designer who hails from Chicago. He's been involved in the music game for at least since the late 90s and kind of had his coming out party in the early 2000s and producing a few checks that ended up on Jay-Z's Blueprint album as well as producing for folks such as Common, Dilated Peoples, um, Twista, uh, etc. He's he's pretty much, you, you name a rapper that's out right now, there's a good chance they've rhymed over a Kanye beat at some point in their career. Um, now, Kanye has <clears throat> excuse me, often been a controversial figure throughout his career, and that's partially... You know what? What has you know both attracted people to him and pushed him, pushed people, pushed him away from people, uh, just for the simple fact that you know Kanye has a lot of self-confidence. He has a lot of arrogance. He 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 obviously feels himself, and it's for that exact reason that you know people either love or hate him. Very rarely, you know, do they find themselves in the middle. So, you know, everyone and everyone who's anybody, you know, has an opinion about Kanye West. You can usually find, you know, people that, you know, love him, think he's a genius and think he's the greatest thing since Jesus, who may not exist. Or, you know, they hate him, they think he's an arrogant prick and he's overrated and, and all of that. And, you know, regardless of how you may personally feel about him, his resume speaks for itself, his career speaks for itself, and he's clearly, you know, he's he's he he clearly has a right to make at least some of the claims that he he has said about, you know, himself. I personally never really was a Kanye fan. I like I like songs. You know, I owned his first couple albums. I uh, thought they were pretty okay. You know, I found songs that I liked and I found a lot of stuff that I didn't particularly care for. You know, I've always felt Kanye was a an average rapper with really fantastic production skills. Now, this is not to say that he hasn't had some really amazing verses and he hasn't he hasn't put together some really amazing songs because he has. However, you know, he I I would never put him, you know, on my top anything uh as far as MCs are concerned, regardless of the fact that I that I do like, I do find myself liking a lot of his stuff. You know, in case you're unfamiliar, uh, Kanye recently um, went on, he recently had an interview with both Power 105 as well as uh, uh, Sway, of, uh, who has a radio show on Shade 45 called Sway in, Sway in the Morning, excuse me. Um... And Kanye had some really um, interesting comments to say, you know, in regards to a, a lot of things. You know, part of the reason I've always not really been a fan is, one, the arrogance, which which has definitely been an issue for me. But the, the, the other thing I haven't really liked has always been kind of the contradictions. I mean, this is not to say, you know, nobody's perfect. Everyone has contradicted themselves in some form or another, said one thing, meant another, or said one thing, and di- or did another. 
you know, it happened. But one of, the, I guess, the the beauty as well as the tragedy of the the, the artist Kanye West is that he he never seems to be able to reconcile his contradictions. It's, it almost seems like it's a it's it's a main theme, something that he himself cannot uh, rationalize or cannot come to terms with. You know, he is he is both conscious and yet sexist. You know, he is both he is he he is both you know you know anti-race. Excuse me. He is both he is both pro-black and yet pro-European as well. You know, he 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 wants to support black and enjoy being black, and at the same time strive for white acceptance. It's 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 a theme that while he may not address uh, verbally that often, but it's something that definitely comes up when you compare lyrics from a lot of his earlier works to lyrics in a lot of his later works, or even when you compare lyrics in a lot of his later works to other lyrics he's written recently as well, you find, you know, myriad upon myriads of contradictions. And that seems to be, like I said, as a driving force in, in Kanye's music and is part of his appeal and is part of what makes, what draws people to him. You know, I, I would be lying if I said that, you know, some of the, some of those songs specifically are not songs that I enjoy. Because I do. You know, I, I do, again, I do enjoy quite a bit of his discography and, and, and I, I could never try to take away from his contributions as both MC as both an MC and a producer um from from hip hop overall. Could never could never ever ever do that. But the fact of the matter is somebody still needs to tell this man that he needs to, to check himself and just realize that, you know, like he told Sway, you ain't got all the answers, Kanye. You don't. I took a couple of different things. Your, your interview with both Power 105 and Sway struck me in a variety of manners. You know, I found myself agreeing with you on a lot as far as, you know, being self-sufficient, as far as having a vision, as far as, you know, putting things together. I'm with you there, you know, and wanting credit for it, yes. I, I, I'm with you 110%. I fully support that, and I fully believe that that artists and people in all in all their respective fields should do that. Be a bit more self-sufficient. You know. You know, create. Do you know? If, do what you can to create and express yourself. What I find myself not agreeing with is this note. This notion that. Having money means you have power. That's 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 essentially where you've lost me. Now, money equaling power is a is a theme that I've I, I've seen come up a bit in rap music. It's more it's most commonly expressed by na 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 Kanye's friend Jay Z. Now. I'm gonna to try to break this down. I'm gonna to try to break this down as as best as I can because it's it's a, it's really a lot to unpack, and honestly, I could probably do a full show on this. 
you know, when, when we talk about uh, power dynamics uh, in this country specifically, since this is where we all reside, African Americans don't really have power in any way, shape, form, or fashion. We are still disenfranchised. We still find ourselves on the bottom in a lot of ways. And while, while you know, when we compare to a lot of other groups, we may have certain privileges, there, we don't have very many, you know. That's, that's, that's a whole lot to unpack. That being said, um, Jay-Z and Kanye seem to have this notion that, you know, money equals power. Part of the reason that, you know, white people have been in power for so long is because, well, one, they control the money, and they have money, and a lot of what they have now is built on the fact that they have money that has been in their respective families and whatnot for generations. You know, people now are, you know, living middle to above middle class, you know, just off cotton money from centuries ago. A century, or I should say a century or two ago, you know? And there seems to be this notion that if black people want power, they need to have money. Now, I, I, I won't say that there's no truth in that. Obviously, there there's a bit of power in having money, in in, in having wealth. African Americans, generally speaking, don't have wealth. We have pl- we have plenty of rich African Americans, yes, but we a lot of us don't have wealth. More often than not, among African Americans, you find poverty, generational poverty at that. You know, guys, people who 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 had to work for scraps and couldn't really leave anything to their next generation. That's more that's more been the narrative when you talk about, you know, the average life of the average uh of the African American here in America. Poverty. Yes. Power is great. Money can bring about power to a certain degree. But regard what Kanye and what Jay-Z fail to realize is that even with money and even with the power that will come from having large amounts of money and wealth, at the end of the day, they're still going to look at you as a rich nigger. And that seems to be the point that, for some reason, doesn't seem to completely dawn on them. That regardless of how much money they have, regardless of of how much they may appeal to white acceptance and white respectability and white interests and and all of that, at the end of the day, you're still a nigger to a lot of these people. You're just a nigger with money and a nigger that they can pal around with. But that doesn't hide the fact that how they truly feel about you and how they truly feel about other people who look like you will always find ways to manifest itself. Always. It never fails. And it's for that reason that I say that 
I would really love for you, Kanye, and for Jay-Z as well, to stop to stop striving for this white acceptance. You know, Kanye in this interview was complaining about, you know, Marc Jacobs and and all of these fashion designers not not accepting not wanting to accept meetings with him, not wanting to 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 sit at the table with him to discuss, you know, his ideas and whatnot. And Charlemagne a radio host on Power 105, you know, more often than not, usually comes across as an asshole. Nine out of ten times, he does. But he made a pretty fantastic point. He made a pretty fantastic point that, you know, you if you have the money... You have the resources and you have the power and the voice. Do it yourself. And and that's something I feel like needs to be overemphasized here. You know? Instead of instead of instead of striving for white acceptance and trying to push this idea that, you know, we 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 really have made it when we have infiltrated their fashion industry, we've infiltrated their clothing market, why don't we create our own? I say fuck what they're doing. Fuck their fashion industry. Fuck their clothing market. You know, and fuck the people that they get <laughs> to model and represent these clothes. That's exactly how I feel. You don't need them. We don't need them. And 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 the fact that you still do that you just just goes to show that regardless of how smart and how far we have come, we have a long way to go. We can't strive for wide acceptance because it, as we've seen all across the board throughout this nation's history, it gets you nowhere. White, striving for white respectability gets you nowhere. Because at the end of the day, they're still going to look at you and they're still going to treat you the exact same way all across the board. Doesn't matter if you are if you are Rashad living in the hood in North and Southeast DC, or if you're Tom Jones living in a well neighborhood in upstate New York. Doesn't matter. They're going to look at you and they're going to treat you the same way. Doesn't matter if you walk out the house in, you know, in a baggy white tee, jeans, and J's on, or if you walk out the house in a business suit with cufflinks and nice shoes, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if, you have, if you're bald, have a straight shape up, or if you wear dreadlocks. Doesn't matter if you're privileged enough to have, you know, curly hair, straight hair, you know, slim build, or you're fat and overweight. None of that matters. You are going to be looked at the exact same way. People are going to treat you the exact same way. Actually, no, that's not exactly true. They'll smile. They're more so sl- smiling the face of you guys to let you believe that you're on their level, that you've made it, that, you know, because you have this and that, that you are above 
or better than the others who look like you. But the fact of the matter is, in their heart of hearts, that's not the case. They don't feel any better about you than they do about Rashid living in Southeast. They don't. And that's why I feel like, you know, people like Kanye and people like Jay just need to get over this. And we need to we need to put our own stuff in motion. We don't need them in order in order for our stuff to be recognized. If you have ideas, you have fashion ideas, put it together. You know, hire 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 our people to to do the designs. Hire our people to be the models. Hire our people to to film to to film, you know, these events and to plan them and to to put all these things together. The fact the more we try to rely on them, the more and longer we'll stay complaining about why we stay underrepresented in these different industries. Because the fact of the matter is that we are underrepresented. I don't follow fashion. I don't care about fashion. I could give two shits, two fucks about it. That being said, I definitely can look out, though, and see that we're underrepresented. The fact that they are willing to put white women in blackface rather than to just put women of color should tell you all you need to know. Regardless of how racist the history of blackface is and how offensive it is, they'll still use it to try to defend art rather than just simply hire a woman of color in order to, you know, express whatever they're trying to express. That should tell you all you all you need to know. We don't need them. We never have needed them and we don't need them now. And if we're going to progress or try to progress forward, then we need to collectively acknowledge that and then start doing it for ourselves. Fuck them and fuck their industry. And that's all I have to say. So about to take another break right now. When I come back, uh, we're going to delve into the main subject tonight. Um, in the meantime, this next song I want to play directly relates to the subject at hand and directly relates to the man I'm going to speak about uh, after the jump. This song right here is called White Privilege by Macklemore. MC Brooks, BFT Radio. <laughs> Try to pretend, but am I just another white boy who's caught on to the trend? When I take a step to the mic, it's hip hop closer to the end. Cause when I go to shows, the majority have white skin. They marketed the windmill, the air flare, and head spin. And white rappers' albums really get the most spins. The face of hip hop has changed a lot since Eminem. And if he's taking away black artists' profits, I look just like him. Claim the culture that wasn't mine, the way of the American. Hip hop is gentrified, and where will all the people live? It's like the Central District, Beacon Hill to the South End, being pushed for the away because of what white people did now where's my place in the music that's been taken by my race cultural appropriated by the white face and we don't want to admit that this is existence so scared to acknowledge the benefits of our white privilege because it's human nature i want to be part of something different 
Especially when your ancestors are European Christians And most whites don't want to acknowledge this is occurring Cause we got the best deal, the music without the burden Of being black in a system that really wants you to rock Cause all you need is a program and you can go and make hip hop And we hate the mainstream, cause we're the ones that took it Now we listen to A-Stop Rock and wear t-shirts that say Brooklyn but it's not about black and white, right? I mean, good music is good music regardless of what you look like. But when you don't give them props, isn't that selfish? That's like saying rock was actually started by Elvis. So where does this leave me? I feel like I pay dues, but I'll always be a white MC. I give everything I have when I write a rhyme. But that doesn't change the fact that this culture's not mine. But I'm gonna be me, so please be who you are. This is something that's effortless and it shouldn't be hard. I said I'm gonna be me, so please be who you are. But we still own 40 acres, now we still on the 16 bars. Hip hop started off in a block that I've never been to. To kind of act the struggle that I've never even been through. If I think I understand, it's because I'm low too. That means I'm not keeping it true. Nope. Hip hop started off in a block that I've never been to. To kind of act the struggle that I've never even been through. I think I understand it's because I'm so too. That means I'm not keeping it true. I'm not keeping and it true. I don't rap about guns, so they label me cautious. But I don't rap about guns because I wasn't forced into the project. See, I was put in a position where I could choose my options. Blessed with the privilege that my parents could send me to college. Now, who's going to show? The kids in the block starving? Or the white people with dough that can relate to my content? Marketed the music and now adapted to the lifestyle. What happened in jazz and rock and roll is happening right now. Where's my place in the music that's been taken by the media? With white corporations controlling what they're feeding you. I brought up A-Stop Rock, but I'm not even dissing, dude. We love hip-hop, and what do you think the Caucasians are listening to? And I speak freely when I write this. The black MC examine race that goes half their fan base. White kids, and this is so true. And we didn't even have to fight the system. We just went and picked up the microphone, too. And we got good at it. So we should be rapping, but only supporting them is like burning Jimmy and buying Clapton. Now, Clapton's incredible, but no Jimmy, no foundation. So here comes history and the cultural appropriation. White kids with do-rags trying to practice their accents from the suburbs to the upper class, mastering a language. But hip-hop's not just memorizing words. It's rooted in authenticity, something you literally can't learn. But I'm going to be me, so please be who you are. It's something that's effortless and it shouldn't be hard. I said I'm going to be me, so please be who you are. But as I'm blessed with the privilege, they're so blessed with the scars. Hip-hop started off in a block that I've never been to. The kind of act struggle that I've never even been through. If I think I understand, it's because I'm close to. That means I'm not keeping it true. Nope. Hip-hop started off on a block that I've never been to. The counteract the struggle that I've never even been through. If I think I understand, it's because I flow too. That means I'm not keeping it true. I'm not keeping it true. That's right. Sang it. <laughs> MC Brooks, I'm back. Uh, on the breakbeat, Black Freethinkers Radio. Song I just played right there was uh, White Privilege by Macklemore. Now, there's a lot to unpack um, with that song, and there's, 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 there's really there's a lot to be said, not only about the song, about the content, but about the man himself who wrote the song. So let me, let me start by, by speaking a little bit about what inspired this, this subject. Um, I went to a Macklemore show in D.C. a couple weeks ago, 
Um, I have really had no intention of seeing this, seeing him live, uh, not because I harbor anything against him, but because I don't particularly care for his new project. And I knew that the majority, everything he was performing was going to come from it. So I had no interest in, in really going. But it was a free ticket, and I haven't been to a show in a while. And truthfully, I'd never, this is my first show by a mainstream artist. So, you know, unlike my normal venues, this one was held at, 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 in an arena. So I figured, you know what, I'd check it out just, you know, just to say that I've been and to say that, you know, I saw this man live. Cool. Um, I was watching the, the concert. Now, Big Crit and Talib Kweli also performed. Um, pretty, the, both of them killed it. And the both of them, while their performances were good, didn't really get the crowd reaction that, you know, I would think. And I feel like that was for two reasons. One, um... We're in an arena. I don't think hip-hop acts sound particularly great in arenas because there's a lot of space that has to be covered, and you don't really get the same live experience that you do when you have, like, a band, for example, and you have all of these different sounds that are clashing and filling up the, that empty air. You know, you don't get that same thing when you just have a, a bass beat, you know, playing through speakers. You know what I mean? It's not it's not the same. So I think that's one of it, and the other half I think is just because of the the kind of crowd that was there. You know, the the this crowd was largely white, largely white. On top of it being largely white, there were, and this is what kind of creeped me out because this was on a Monday. There were like families there. There were. You know, grandparents there. There, there were you know just parents there. There were, there were teenagers you know that that were there whose parents were waiting outside in the lobby after the show was over. It was by far the weirdest hip hop crowd I had ever been a part of. But then I got to thinking, and I, and I thought that this music, this right here, is beyond hip hop. Macklemore is not just hip-hop. He's a pop artist who is making pop records with rap. And then I think about the kind of music he makes, and I wonder why, I wondered why lots of black rappers who make the same or similar types of music never really are awarded that opportunity. For some reason, their careers never seem to take that extra step, you know, towards this level of attention and fame. I mean, I have tremendous respect for Macklemore because, you know, he's an independent artist, and he, if you listen, if you listen to his older stuff and compare it to now, he hasn't changed, or, or rather, his style has been consistent. You know, he's not rapping about stuff now that he would that he wouldn't have rapped about or originally rapped against, you know, on a lot of his earlier records. And like I said, I have trem- I have tremendous respect for him because of that. You know, I can always respect someone who's who stays true to they are while still progressing towards um you know, 
furthering themselves and growing in their artistry and what they what they want to do and the type of music that they make. And I'll, I will always, always, always have respect for that. But I realized, and, and then I, 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 I thought a bit more about people such as Eminem, and I realized that the reason that people like him and people like Eminem, you know, are are allowed to to make the the music that they make is because of their own white privilege, and that's why I, that's you know that's why I chose this song specifically. And it's because of their white privilege that that I see people like Macklemore inadvertently gentrifying hip hop and kind of sticking out like a sore thumb. And that's why I wanted to to make this song, or that's why I wanted to play this song. And it's why I, went, I, I felt like this was an important, you know, song to have. Um, or an important discussion to have on this show. Now, I said previously that... Um, I, said, I said previously that... Uh, boy, this would only be the first of... The first in a, in a series of, you know, shows that would be on this subject specifically. Tonight, tonight I'm going to deal specifically with hip-hop. I'm going to deal specifically with hip-hop. Future shows, we're going to expand a bit more. But I want to focus primarily on hip-hop because that is, the, that is currently the most dominant black art form Right now, it is the most popular form of music right now, and hip hop, like like the other black art forms that preceded it, originally started out as something that was demonized, and rallied against, and spoken about, and 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 and, and I said demonized, and um, bastardized by mainstream white America. Just like with those previous art forms, hip-hop is now starting to become gentrified. It's starting to be acceptable, you know. But but it's only a certain kind, you know. If you think back, you think back now, you know, mo- no one who's listening right now was probably alive um, in the 1940s and 50s. I know I wasn't. Shit, my parents weren't even born. All right, but you think back to some to you think back to rock music. You know, but when you think about rock music, like nowadays, you think about you know rock band. You think about modern rock bands that will have a guitar player, bass player, a long longer, short haired lead singer, and on drums. And more often than not. You imagine that all of these guys are probably white and in their early twenties, unless they're someone like the Rolling Stones, who are you know would be later, would be older, of course. But more often than not, you 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 would think that you would think you know that they're white, 
And we when you talk about rock music nowadays, you're probably talking about you know white music, music by white people. But it didn't start out that way. Rock music was originally was originally created by black people, by African Americans. And like most other art forms, it was demonized until it was appropriated. And once it became appropriated and acceptable, white artists jumped on it. And eventually they took it over. And they, they took it over without paying respect to the people that created it. And therein is where the issue comes from. Like when you, when you talk to people about oh, who 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 was the greatest you know rock star of all time, people are going to say Elvis Presley. They'll say Elvis, despite the fact that all of his music were covers. He didn't write a single lick of music. He didn't write a single lyric that he sang. All of his music was was stolen from from um, black musicians. But that was the trend in the in, in the 1950s. A lot a lot of the popular songs and popular hits that came out were all songs that were originally done by black artists, but were redone by white artists, and then somehow made radio. And black artists couldn't get credit, and a lot of them never saw any money from anything that they that they wrote or put together. Which is crazy when you think about it, because you could never get away with that now. I could never, you know, I could never go listen to somebody sing something at an open mic, take the exact same song, sing it myself, and put it out there and make money and expect not to have a lawsuit waiting for me. But that's what happened. And slowly but surely, you know, slowly but surely, whites took over rock and roll, and from there and from there, it became what it is. This is not to say that there were not black people that, you know, that that didn't continue to make rock and roll. You know, are you one of the one of the the best guitar players of all time? One of the best rock artists of all time, especially in my opinion, would be Jimi Hendrix. You know, plenty of folk, plenty of African Americans stayed the course. Plenty of African Americans you know, made and continue to make nowadays rock music. But rock music nowadays is primarily a white art form. It, it You wouldn't even know that it was created by black people. A lot of times you won't even learn that it was created by black folks. But it was. But but you you can go you can go outside of rock music, you can go on over to country. Country could you could argue, you could argue is probably one of the widest art forms ever, ever, ever made. But it was created by black folks, and part of that has to do with the fact that that a black man created the banjo. The, the the instrument primarily used for country music, but 
if you don't do the research and you aren't taught, then you wouldn't really know that. Same thing happened to Jazz. Jazz was demonized for a long time, really long time, which sounds really crazy when you consider that many people of all races and backgrounds nowadays consider Jazz to be, you know, one of the most gorgeous uh, types of music of all time. But that wasn't always the case. Jazz music was banned for a, for for a long time. It was demonized for a long time. White folks had they said they said some of the worst horrible the, the worst things about jazz musicians and about jazz music until you know slowly but surely they realized the genius in jazz. They they saw the beauty in it, and from there you had things like smooth jazz and 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 a myriad of other subgenres that were created. But you know, you more than likely probably won't hear about how jazz was demonized. More often, you'll just hear that it was you know where it was create when it was created and where it was where it comes from. But that's the case, and black people invented that. And what you see happening or what you saw happen with um, with with rock and roll, country, and jazz music is slowly starting to happen with hip-hop now. Hip-hop was demonized for years. It was never even considered an actual art form, you know. For the for the longest time, nobody ever considered it an art form or a type of music. It was just a fad. It was something that those people over there did. Until self-sufficient African Americans, you know, found a way to make a living off of it. And they they made a business out of it. And then the powers that be realized, saw that, and realized that they couldn't just let that be. So, from there, well, you saw what happened. White people in corporate, in, in these offices, at these labels, started to pay attention, started to realize, oh shit, there's a lot of, there's a lot of money to be made in rap. And slowly, rap started to transition from being horrible and being awful to just being, you know, just another genre. Just another genre. And now, excuse me, and now... Hip hop is 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 at uh, a height that many folks never thought they would see. Hip hop is everywhere. It's it's inspired culture and affected culture in every shape, way, form, and fashion, from language to fashion to dress 
to, you know, theme songs and marketing and ads and, you know, in entertainment as far as, like, TV shows and movies and soundtracks and other forms of music. And it's slowly but surely being gentrified. Slowly but surely, it's it's starting to it's become something that that doesn't resemble where it was. Slowly but surely, hip hop is is starting to become something in and of itself that that is nothing like. Where it was when it was created And this is not to say that things don't change Because obviously Every genre now sounds a lot different Than it did 10, 15 years ago Or even 5 years ago I should say Live live it sounds Way, way different So I'm not saying that, that It's inherently bad But There's a whole lot of there's a generations of people joining and partaking in this art form without knowing where it came from. You have people who are buying and listening to rap who have no idea why rap was created in the first place. They sit out, they come out here, and they they. They seek to demonize the voices of these these black men and women who are expressing themselves without knowing where does it come from? Why are they saying this? You know, rap is acceptable now because now it's being sugar-coated and dumbed down for folks. But not dumbed down in the sense of, you know, rap all about clubs and the and the hood and, and the ghettos and whatnot. Because you have to understand, a lot of those records are being made because that's all a lot of these people know. And truth be told, when you think of, when you think about the story of African Americans here, that's what a lot of them know. That's their reality. Is it violent? Sure. Does it contain, you know, lots of vulgarities and lots of really awful language about the same about the same and the opposite sex? Yes. Yes, it does. But instead of demonizing rap, you have to look at well, what created the environment that allowed that attitude and whatnot to foster and be created in the first place? A lot of these people don't know any better. A lot of these people don't have access to resources and, and access to, to things that will expand them. And so when they make music about the things that they know, they get demonized for it. Instead of people trying to understand, well, why are they making this record? What's, what, what, is this, what is being said here? Why does he or she hold this specific attitude that's being expressed? 
but it doesn't go that far. Because for the people, for the the people that are primarily consuming rap, they love hearing that shit. And they love hearing that shit because it's from a world that they will never understand or never be a part of. You know, it, they, they'll never understand what the hood is like. They'll never understand how privileged they are to never to never have to worry about the things that black men and women worry about on 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 a regular basis. And that's why these things are exciting to them. That's why that's that's why that's why that's why these 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 stories and this type of music is so appealing. And I myself can 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 definitely you know can vouch for that. I listen to a lot of violent rap. I listen to a lot of uh, a lot of stories about you know life life uh, lives and experiences that I have never been through, and I more than likely won't ever have to go through because I was privileged enough to to live in the neighborhood that I live in and to have the upbringing that I had. I was. But it's appealing to me, you know. I don't know what it's like to have to fight for my life, to have to to whip a gun out, you know, or or to to be rushed to a hospital because blood's leaking. I, I don't I don't know what that's like. That's part of the appeal, and that's part of the appeal of why the the number one consumers of hip hop and rap music are white people. And it's because of that that a lot of times they're not really all that interested in hearing diversity in rap. That's not part of the appeal. You know? And 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 on top of that, the the black and brown people that can directly relate to the music that's being expressed by 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 uh by these rappers well, they don't they don't get a chance to to enjoy it because they'll be demonized for liking it and enjoying it when it's violent. It's not educational. It's not informative. It, you know, it's not about anything for these for some of these people. It's just mindless mindless records, and that's all that's all they look at it as. More mindless music for mindless people. Now, understanding that there are people out here who can relate, who can and do relate to these experiences and to this music, and that's what the appeal is from. That's where the appeal comes from. But then you enter in someone like a enter in someone like a Macklemore, someone who looks exactly like the people that are consuming this music. Someone who may have the same personality. Someone who may have an understanding and a viewpoint that they themselves can align themselves with. 
because they can't relate. They can't relate to these black musicians. That's part of the reason that there's a certain appeal to it, and there's a certain reason. It's, just, it's the reason there's a certain demonization of it at the same time. But entering the Macklemore, someone who looks like them and can can openly express their white privilege. And there you have it. Someone like a Macklemore can thrive because he looks like them. His experiences and whatnot are, are expected to be different. So when someone like him comes along, people are going to hop on them for being different. Despite the fact that there are plenty of black musicians who have been doing it as long Maybe even have worked harder, have worked harder, but will never be afforded that opportunity. They won't ever get that opportunity. And that's a shame. And that's what needs to change. And that's why we need to make sure that people like Macklemore, even though he's he's obviously paid his respect and he acknowledges that that he acknowledges that, you know, this culture is not his, that hip hop is not made by him, was not made for people like him. And that's why Lord Jamar of Brand Nubian made the comments he made. That that white people are guests in hip hop. This was not music made by them or made for them. And and that comment rubbed a lot of white rappers and a lot of people the wrong way. But the fact of the matter is, all large Jamar was saying was that, hey, pay you know you need to pay you need to acknowledge and pay respect to the fact that this, this music wasn't created by you. It wasn't made for you. It was made by oppressed people for oppressed people. This was music by them and for us, for them. You have people growing up that don't know that. Their interest in hip-hop Starts with Eminem. You know? And that's what needs to change. And that's why Lord Jamar made the comments he made. And that's part of the reason I've wanted to do this show. And it's part of the reason this discussion needs to be had. Rap is slowly being taken from black people, reappropriated as something that it wasn't intended to be. And that's been the way, um, that's been, um, that, I lost my train of thought. That's something that we've seen happen for years. We've seen it happen in all our other art forms. And we're watching it unfold right before our eyes, and we need to make sure that that doesn't happen.
think I may have said all I have to say on this subject. But that's that is that is exactly where this conversation needed to go though. An acknowledgement that hip hop specifically is being gentrified. It's changing. And it's not change is not always for the for the worse. But again, you have generations of people that are growing up without knowing where hip hop came from, who created it. And now hip hop is infiltrating and being accepted by white America when it's being packaged by folks like Macklemore. We can allow we can demonize those people over there for their music until someone like Macklemore comes al- comes along and boom now it's acceptable now it's okay and that's that's the sad part so i'm going to cut this episode uh a bit short I feel like I've said all I, I need to say on this. Um, had a great time. Thank you for listening. Uh, the break beat will resume on our normal time. Uh, the next show will be December 18th, one week before Christmas. So uh, make sure you tune in. Again, be sure to check the archives. Be sure to... Uh, like like the fan page on Facebook. Make sure you tune in to the People of Color of Beyond Faith chat every Thursday at 8 p.m. on Twitter. Use the hashtag POC Beyond Faith. Be sure to check the uh, People of Color. <clears throat> excuse me. Be sure to, to check the People of Color Beyond Faith Facebook page and also follow them at, at POC Beyond Faith on Twitter. Again, as, as I stated earlier in the show. We will have um, we have an upcoming webisode on December fifteenth, so three days before the breakbeat, the next breakbeat comes on at eleven a eleven a.m. Uh, Pacific time, two p.m. EST, Eastern Standard, and that one will be on um, you know the the risks of exposing your non-belief and why that decision can be paralyzing. So that will be hosted by Donald Wright. <clears throat> that will take place on YouTube also. So again, like as I stated before, we we want we want you all to you know, to be active and to engage and to, you know, to join these conversations. You know, people of color beyond faith is supposed to to be a dialogue on, you know, social issues and whatnot, and it's supposed to bring together both people of faith and people of non-faith. So that means Christians, Muslims, as well as atheists and agnostics. Everyone is in, is, is, everyone can come get involved and have a seat at the table to discuss or to take place in these, um, these discussions. Um, It's been a pretty good show. I'm glad that I was able to get back on the air today. But as I stated previously, I'm going to cut this episode a bit short. Um, Trying to see what should what should uh, what should I end with this? 
How should I end this? Okay. I'm going to end this show with... Now, you know what? I'm going to end it with a song. We're just going to end the show. So uh, I had a great time. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, Definitely peep the links. Tune... I like how people are coming to the show now that I'm about to end it. That's kind of hilarious. Wow. In any case, uh, be sure to check the archives. Check it out. Uh, Again, next show will take place December 18th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard. I'm your boy, MC Brooks. This is The Breakbeat. Thank you for listening. Catch you on the flip side. Peace.